Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we chat with Canadian Football Hall of Famer and Blue Bomber analyst Doug Brown. But the West Final coming up this weekend, as well as his final game on the microphone with Bob Irving. Oh, no. And also, we'll talk with Declan Chisholm, defenseman with the Manitoba Moose. That's coming up on the podcast. We turn our attention now to the American Hockey League where the Manitoba Moose are coming off back-to-back home wins over the Texas Stars. They begin a three-game road swing in Belleville, Ontario on Saturday. In the meantime, we're pleased to be joined by Moose defenseman Declan Chisholm. Declan, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Christian. Thanks for having me. So how would you describe how the season has gone so far for the Manitoba Moose? Uh, I think we've started off pretty good. I mean, we, um, we're winning on the road, and then we're coming back and getting back-to-back wins, and winning most of the series against certain teams coming in to play us, and I think it's going well so far. How different is it this year playing in front of fans? Um, it's a bit different. I mean, it's obviously nice to have them back, and uh, you're not too focused on them on the road and everything, but when we come back home, it's huge. These, uh, Especially when we get good crowds, the fans really support us and um, get us going, and it just motivates you even more to kind of play harder. For you, how would you say your play has been so far? I think it's uh, gradually going upwards. Um, I started off a little slow, but now the points are coming, and um, I think our whole team, everyone's kind of moving forward, and we're getting better and better every game. And uh, it's just things are gelling, and things are clicking for me and the team. Are points a priority for you? You've got four goals, seven assists, uh, 11 points in 18 games. How much do points matter as a defenseman? Um, they're not number one on my priority list, but I would say they're, um, they're up there because you want to be, I'm a two way defenseman. I want to be producing on the offensive side. And then I also want to be relied on the defensive side also. So, um, you're thinking about them, but you're also not trying to concentrate on, concentrate on them all the time. So you scored two goals in the last game. When was the last time you had a two goal game before that? Uh, I think it was like a week ago before that. So they come in bunches for you. Yeah, they're coming in twos right now, which I don't mind. <laughs> so, uh, have you had what? Well, I guess that begs the question then: Is a hat trick coming eventually? I hope so. Um, I'm yet to have one of those, so that'd be really nice for that to come soon. But um, I'm not going to be out there just trying to score right every every shot. I'm I'm just going to play my game, and hopefully, it comes my way. Now, when you say you haven't had one of those, you mean in the AHL, or when was the last any level? I think minor hockey was the last time I had one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember how more old a, you were? More of an assist guy. I must have been 15, 14. So it's it's an unusual feeling then to see the hats come down for you. Yeah, definitely. I guess that's probably – most defensemen would probably say the same thing, so that's not too unusual. So uh, how does it feel to be part of this this defensive unit then that's got so much talent, like Billy Hanela, you've got Dylan Sandberg, he's back from injury – you know, you got Jonathan Kovacevic, Leon Gavanka. It's it's a pretty stacked defensive unit. Yeah, yeah. You can name off any D-man on our team, and they're mobile and can move the puck and produce um, defensively and offensively. I mean, we got a great unit. we got great guys back there, and, and I think we really work well together. And um, we got Doobie, our D coach, leading the way. So I think it's going, it's going well so far this year. What is Eric Dubois like as a coach, the guy who brings a lot of experience to his job? 
I mean, he's great. He tells you how it is. Um, we we uh, work really hard doing video and kind of working on certain things that certain guys need to work on, but he's been great at leading the ship and um, just kind of giving us little tips here and there. And I've, I've loved working with him. Last year was my first year, and it went really well, and it's continuing to go well. How have you found the transition from the Ontario Hockey League, where you played with the Peterborough Peets for four years, to the pro game? This You mentioned last year was your first year. This is now your, your second year as a, a member of the Manitoba Moose. What was that transition like for you? Um, I thought it went pretty well. Uh, the Last year, it uh, obviously was a bit faster. Guys were stronger, but I adapted pretty quickly. And um, I've always played the game at a fast level and fought the game at a fast pace. And I think just getting players that do that alongside with me now makes the game that much more fun. And it drives me even more to kind of keep upping my game. What's it like having Mikhail Burden behind you? awesome you can rely on them both our goalies actually you can rely on both of them and birdie just plays the puck so well so every time the team dumps that puck you know that you're just getting open for an outlet and he's making a play usually i haven't really seen a goalie play the puck as well as he has so it's definitely a gift for a defenseman to go back and not have to get hit every time when he's playing the puck is there a part of that that is unpredictable or do you always know that he's going to make the right play uh, he can be a little unpredictable sometimes, but he he likes to take some risk. But for the most part, you know he's making the right play and he's making a good play out of the zone. So we do have a lot of trust back there for him, so he gets a little leeway, I guess. How would you describe Mark Morrison as a coach, his first full season with the Manitoba Moose as head coach? Um, it's been going great. He's, he's imp- implemented new systems and um, different work habits, and I think practices are going really well and guys are really liking the way he coaches. So. So far, it's uh, it's going well, and the team's gelling together and kind of following his lead. So you're going to Belleville this weekend, a team that you faced the Canadian teams a bunch last year. How, what do you think of your odds of going in there and pulling two victories on Saturday and Sunday? Uh, I think they're pretty good. The way, the way our team's playing right now, I think we have a great chance of stealing three games on the road here and um, getting back home keeping this this uh, winning streak going. But um, I'm, I'm just really liking our team right now. So I mentioned last year it was north of the border. Has it been nice to leave the country to play hockey this year? Definitely. It's been back to kind of normal hockey and getting the taste of my first pro hockey lifestyle, I guess, now. We're, we're traveling all over the States and going to play different teams. So it's definitely nice to see different jerseys and different players. Um, I've enjoyed it so far. And uh, yeah, it's just going to be familiar faces playing these these Canadian teams like we did last year. Can you do much on the road though, outside of the game? Uh, I mean, you get days off here and there, and you go eat at different restaurants and everything. And I'm seeing different cities I haven't been to in the states, like Milwaukee and um, Rockford and stuff like that. But it's I mean, nothing crazy cities, but um, it's nice to just see different parts and travel with the team. It's just a different different atmosphere on the road. What's your goal for yourself this year? Do you set goals for yourself? I think my goal every year is just to keep improving my game and taking a step forward, never taking a step back, um, and then just absorbing all the information I can get from everyone out here. And Again, just keep improving every year.
Well, we wish you the best of luck in all you're doing, Declan. Thanks for coming on the show tonight, and uh, we'll see what you do this weekend in Belleville and see if you get that first hat trick. <laughs> Thanks, Christian. Take care. Let us talk with our friend Doug Brown because the West Final is almost here. Doug, how excited are you for a game that finally means something again for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, a lot of consequences this time. So it's, uh, it's a long season. And it's always so abrupt to uh, stare down a elimination or uh, continue on on your quest to uh, for them to uh, try and attempt to get back-to-back titles and defend that championship they got in 2019. So, yeah, it's certainly a wake-up call coming off of a couple meaningless games in the regular season and then a bye week for this team. So I talked with you about 2001 about a month ago or so, maybe even longer than that, because the situations are similar in that you had the the division final home field berth locked up well in advance, just like this Bombers team did. How did you turn it around and get ready to play a game, like you said, abruptly matters so much? You won that game and went to the Grey Cup. How do you, do you get that right mindset after having so much time between games that truly meant something? Yeah, I think it, it just comes down to your mentality. I think as a, as a veteran player, you understand that you know downtime or time away is not just to, to sit back and kick your feet up, right? You understand that your, your opportunities are very limited, very valuable in, in professional football. You only have so many, so... It behooves you to take advantage of any moment you have, uh, you know, to get yourself healthier, to get yourself in better shape, to get yourself stronger, to get yourself sharper in terms of your reps you're taking at practice. So it's uh, it can be a benefit as long as you work it, uh, you know, to the to the maximum uh, uh, productivity for your team, right? So if every player is, uh, you know, in the film room and has been taking care of themselves and, and training really hard and uh, getting their rehabilitation and everything they do to, to uh, really mitigate any injuries and, and nicks you've got during the season, then it can be a massive benefit going into the next game because you're so much fresher and, and you don't necessarily lose that edge, uh, you know, especially if you're a veteran-laden team like this one is. And I get the sense, Doug, hearing from the players over the last number of weeks and just the kind of culture in that locker room that it would stun me if they came out complacent and rusty on Sunday. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I'd be very surprised, too. You know, this team has been excellent, um, especially this year. Just understanding the task at hand, the urgency, the immediacy at hand. It's no longer just, you know, go 1-0 during the week because there there are no more weeks if you don't go 1-0. So, obviously, they're the best team in the CFL at having that mindset and, and paying attention and focusing in on the task at hand. And it's funny, you know, I look at that 2019 Grey Cup team and I, I look at this one that needs one more win to get to the Grey Cup. And I actually think this team is a better football team than the one we saw win the championship in 2019. And uh, that's why their path is so different. I think they're they're uh, obviously more veteran. They're more accomplished, and they've just uh, they've really um, upgraded. I think you know both individually and, and collectively. Uh, I, I think this team is is superior to what we saw in the championship run in, in 2019. And with Andrew Harris returning to practice today, they're pretty much fully healthy, and that's huge. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean. 
there's, there's a long way to go, I think, for, for uh, Andrew Harris. Uh, you know, taking two months off, not being able to practice uh, fully or, or in any capacity for a couple months and then play a position of running back and everything that that entails and the kind of demands that puts on you, um, I'm not fully convinced. I mean, I'm, I'm super happy he participated today, but I don't know to what extent uh, he'll be able to perform on Sunday. And uh, the good news, though, is that obviously the the players that were there to spell him, if he's not able to, you know, give us an Andrew Harris of 2019, then uh, he'll have lots of support at that position. And it's not an area of concern for this football team. So a little bit of an, an embarrassment of riches at the Canadian tailback spot for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Do you think cold weather favors either team in this one? The current forecast, minus seven periods of snow. It's going to change like 17 times between now and Sunday, but <laughs> it's going to be below zero by a decent amount. Do you think that matters at all? Well, I always think the, the harsher the environment is, the more it benefits you to be playing at home. Just because you have, I mean, you know, the, the Bombers could all jump in the hot tub at halftime if they needed to. I mean, obviously that's not going to happen, but... This is an example of the kind of amenities you have available to you, right? Like you could essentially change your entire uniform if it was wet or frozen or anything. You could change your shoes. You just have so much more infrastructure and amenities available to you when you're on that home field. And and it's tough. I mean, when it gets cold, football is much, much harder to play. It is so much more painful it can be uh, it can be real real hard on guys uh, to play that game. So you get that added boost of you know what appears is going to be a capacity crowd for this football team, and just everything is going your way having a home game in in difficult environmental conditions. So combination of all the amenities you have, the the, the training, the treatment, the equipment. And then having that fan base that can really get you fired up when you know you're another team on the road and all you're facing is cold and uh, a difficult struggle in front of a very hostile environment. So you definitely have the deck stack in your favor. And for the CFL, coming off a year where there were a lot of bad games, I'll be honest, there were there was a lot of bad football played this year. They get Saskatchewan at Winnipeg. They get Hamilton at Toronto in their division finals the calgary saskatchewan game was sloppy but really thrilling and quite fun on sunday this is setting the table for a for a really nice finish to this bounce back season for the cfl yeah it's not how you start it's how you finish right and and these are two of the biggest rivalries well i mean i don't think hamilton toronto is anywhere near as big as uh, saskatchewan and, and and manitoba but uh there's still good matchups and uh to have the most fierce, heated, um, emotional, passionate uh, fan bases going head-to-head in another, you know, in really back-to-back scenarios for Western Finals, right? Uh, in 2019, it was in Saskatchewan. This time, it's in Winnipeg. And, uh, you know, there's got to be payback in mind. There's got to be, you know, trying to have another opportunity to go back-to-back has to be in mind for a lot of the players. And it's uh, it's just getting ramped up in terms of the animosity how fierce this rivalry is and uh you know how the fan bases are feeling about about this opportunity it's a great way to really close out uh uh well get close to close out the final postseason challenge 
And the Bombers took care of Saskatchewan rather handily in both meetings in September. That yeah. was a while ago now. Obviously, yeah. the teams are a little bit different, and, you know, it's it's going to be just – it's so long ago now, I don't know if those matter anymore. But is there any validity to the thought of, oh, it's hard to beat a team three times in one season? Um, I don't know. I think the odds eventually just come in your favor, but – this is a different game. Like you said, I mean, you could sit back and say, hey, Saskatchewan has not actually even scored a touchdown against Winnipeg this year. But, you know, I guarantee you nobody on that football team in, in Winnipeg is thinking about that. It's all about, you know, what are they going to do now and, and where is Saskatchewan at now? Neither one of these teams is the same team that they were in September. So you can just throw those things out the window. And last thing you want to do is be – um, complacent facing a team that you think you, you can just dominate because you know the stakes are different and every team when faced in a put in a pressure cooker like this they respond very differently so you might have beaten a, a Saskatchewan team uh, the Labor Day Classic and at the Banjo Bowl but you haven't played the 2021 version of Saskatchewan Rough Riders in a Western Final before and I guarantee you they'll be different in, in many many ways in this game so it's uh, that's what makes it so much fun, right? The Bombers are had two nothing on the count, but this is obviously the biggest game and, and the one that matters the most. So, and they got to go out and prove it all over again, and, and that's what's exciting and thrilling for the fans. What would have to happen in your mind for the Bombers to lose this game? <laughs> uh, a lot of things that we haven't seen this season would have to happen, right? They'd have to learn, uh, lose the turnover battle. They'd have to uh, lose in the second half of a game. They'd have to give up points in the fourth quarter. Um, there's a lot of a lot of things that would have to go really, really wrong for this football team, especially defensively. I mean, they've been pretty historic uh, this season. They've been very consistent uh, outside of the the games where they had starters performing a, in part time capacity and uh, uh, not not being fully having their full complement there. They've been extremely consistent in how they've played this year. So it'd have to be a lot of things on the broadcast where Bob and I were going well. We haven't seen this happen before, you know, you know, it just things that were out of character for this football team. I think that's the only way um, Saskatchewan has an opportunity in this game is for things to go in a matter that we have not seen that have not been characteristic of this football team and their dominance this year. Well, you, you brought up Bob. We'll, we'll get out of here on, on the note that you're, you're going to be calling this game with Bob Irving for the last time on Sunday. Have you thought about that yet, that this is it? Or you don't want to think about that yet? Um, you know, I've been asked about it a lot. It's uh, it's it's hard for me to put myself in his shoes <clears throat> because you know, I was born in '74, and that's when he kind of started covering this football team. So I can't even imagine how uh, difficult this would be for him. But I know one thing: I know if the the Winnipeg Blue Bombers win this game and go on to the Grey Cup, it'll be a heck of a lot easier um, for him to handle. Aside from if there's a some sort of collapse and, and, and some upset uh, that goes down. So uh, hopefully if everything goes as planned, uh, it'll be a lot easier for him. Uh, it's, it's great that, you know, through his accomplishment, this is all done on his own terms and very few people in any career get to decide, you know, when and how and, and in what way they want to, to walk away from their craft. And because he was the best at what he did, you know, that is what's afforded to him. And, and this is his decision and his choosing, but, you know, he's, uh, he's a huge part of, um, you know, Blue Bomber fans' experience uh, throughout decades 
of interacting with this football team. So uh, he's deserving of every single accolade he's been getting. And he's been getting a lot of them of late. So it's, uh, it's, it's really a celebration for Bob. And he's joining you in the Ring of Honor on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, uh, he's either there with me or ahead of me in several uh, categories. The only thing I have on him are, are tackles. And that's about it when it comes to my Winnipeg uh, Blue Bomber football career. He's pretty much eclipsed me in anything else. So it's always been an honor and privilege to uh, to be his friend and, and to work with him. And, uh, yeah, I, I can't say, uh, you know, anything uh, that's come his way. It's been so amazing for him and uh, so so well-deserving. Well, well said, Doug. We'll appreciate your time tonight. Thanks for this, and we'll see you at the game on Sunday. All right, uh, get dressed warm. I think I'm yeah. going to need a lot of, yeah, yeah. Cover I'll be down on the sidelines, so I'm going to be, <laughs> I don't have a heater like you will. <laughs> yeah. we got an open window. It's all the same, and we're not moving. You can jump around or something, can't you? I mean, I could waddle along the sideline. I'll be bundled up, so I'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll see you there, brother. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you over the day. You may not share our intellect. Which might explain your disrespect.